1: First of all, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this conversation. We hope that you and your uh, kith and kin are well during these challenging times, and we appreciate your time here. My name is Uma Karmarkar, I'm an assistant professor with a joint appointment between the Rady School of Management and the School for Global Policy and Strategy at UCSD. I have the great pleasure of introducing my distinguished colleague, Dr. Ona Mir, Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean at the Rady School of Management. Um, Ona, uh, it's maybe not the most elaborate introduction that I could give you given your profound accomplishments, but hopefully you wouldn't mind if I just dive right into the topic today.
0: Yeah, let's dive right in. Um, thank you, Uma. Um, I'm also fortunate to have uh, Dr. Uma Karmarker who's, who's uh, established in her own right kind of moderate this uh, webinar um, hopefully this will uh, be interesting to all of you uh, so I'll switch back the topic is the four stages of pandemic response um, and uh, it kind of sounds like the five stages of coping with grief and it is related uh, but not exactly the same so what we're gonna talk about today is that um, adaptation of those five stages to areas of and cases of um, terror attacks, dread, tragedies have seemed to follow four distinct stages, which, um, as you will see, describe the response to this current pandemic uh, quite adequately. So the stages are, uh, start with denial, and we have seen denial uh, in lots of different levels. Uh, this is not going to affect me. Uh, it started when the whole world watched uh, Wuhan and uh, and thought that it's their problem. Um, that is kind of a characteristic of the denial of someone else's problem. The second one is panic. It's when people realize, oh no, my world is about to change and I did not expect this. Um, and we will see if we can find evidence for a panic response in the market. Um, the next stage is survival or self-preservation. This is when people wake up from the panic a little bit to say, well, what do I need to do in order to survive this? Um, and the final stage is adaptation, adapting to a new situation, new world, um, the new norm as as we hear in the news. So these are the stages, and um, you should expect actual pandemics to influence um, the physical world in a very similar way to uh, those cases of terror attacks uh, causing people dread and to go through these four stages. And indeed we see in evidence from the media that that clearly there was denial and that clearly there seemed to have been panic. Right? These are just uh, selections from the media, but uh, describing Wall Street as, as uh, gripped with fear um, is very consistent with the panic response. But what I'm gonna focus on today is what happened in the digital world? What's um, you know, if, if we think about the, the stock market falling because there is panic, you could say, oh, well, investors realize that um, companies are going to have problems with employees and therefore they're going to produce less and therefore their productivity will uh, be reduced and, uh, and and therefore we should um, not value their stock as much. So you could come up with, with rationalizations of, of effects on the physical world. But, but as we saw, the internet uh, was unaffected and maybe even uh, boosted in some by, by the social distancing and the shelter at home. Um, and so maybe these kind of psychology uh, that I described or psychological responses and stages, maybe they don't apply to the digital world or maybe they apply differently. So that's going. To, what I'm going to uh, focus on today. And I'm going to use data from a uh, marketplace for digital services uh, that is called Fiverr, uh, who is kind enough to share data that would shed light into what actually happened and what might we uh, expect. And I'm going to try to do it using um, charts of data. A small disclaimer, because this is a publicly traded company, Um, The units on the y-axis are sometimes non-existent um, uh, and um, some of the uh, the words uh, I'm going to use are are going to be vague uh, on purpose, so I'm going to talk about activity, I'm not going to talk about sales or or traffic sometimes in exact words. That is intentional. I also want to point out that this is an interactive webinar. All the microphones are muted for everybody's uh, well-being. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you have any questions, please write them uh, via text. And then uh, Uma, our distinguished moderator, will will, uh, um, collect them. And in the end of this uh, short introduction of the topic, we can open up discussions to questions that you might have. um, Because there's a lot more than what I've selected to show you in this short time. So,
1: yes. sorry, on along yes. those lines, please feel free to put those comments in the chat as they occur to you and in the timing afterwards. And actually, if I can interject a question of my own so you mentioned um, Fiber is a digital platform. Can you mention just a thing or two about the kind of people who use the platform and what they're offering?
0: Yes, that's a great question. Thank you. So, Fiber is a digital marketplace. Um, There are more than 350 subcategories of of digital services you could um, could, um, contract there. And uh, it's it's a digital marketplace for freelance work. So if you want a designer, if you want an editor, if you want search engine optimization, um, you could probably find it there for sure. Um, If you want voiceover or if you're offering one of those, um, you could also offer it through this marketplace. Um, there are buyers and sellers about 80% of the buyers and sellers are small businesses small to medium businesses um, that uh, conduct some of their business by outsourcing to freelance work via this digital marketplace
1: so even Um, though we can't quite walk into the local stores in person we still have the opportunity to do an equivalent of that online
0: right and this is this is more the equivalent of contracting a freelancer meeting them at Starbucks and deciding that you want to hire them um, and and starting the whole process. Okay, so did we see evidence of panic, which is the first stage? Denial is kind of um, a a non-change in the data. So yes, a null effect shows denial. But panic is the interesting stage. Do we see panic online, even though there is actually no physical reason to panic when you're conducting digital transactions? Um, And what I've chose to show you in this graph is first the bars, the bars are for reference. The bars are the close values of the SP 500 on the dates shown on the X axis. As you can see by March 10th, uh, there's already panic and we know that the stock market dropped uh, quite a lot. Um, and, uh, as you can see on the blue line on the top, that is the activity on on the Fiverr marketplace. And as um, might not be predicted by any physical reason, yes, there is a drop in activity in about the same place that the Panic in Wall Street happens. And again, these are this could be a designer in um, England designing a logo for a small business in Germany um, yet there's a decrease in activity when there's, there's panic at the same time, there's panic in wall street. And on the bottom, the black line is the uh, sickness rate in the U S um, total infected. And as you can see, both of both the stock market panic and the decrease in fiber predate any real uh, infection situation. So, uh, it, So what I'm showing you here is what it's not really correlated with, uh, which gives rise to the question or the hypothesis that it might actually be panic driving these decrease in activities, not sickness. For further evidence, we could look at um, these kind of graphs by by country. And in the blue graph, again, it's going to be activity on fiber. um, And the yellow line is going to be the total number of infected people in that country, and the black line is the total number of people who died in that country. And as you can see from the various graphs selected here, um, between the United States, Italy, Spain, and United Kingdom, there really is not a direct uh, relation that you could could visibly see. Of course, we would conduct statistics to test this, but um, in terms of eyeballing this, the drops in traffic don't seem to be related to the physical characteristics of the pandemic. Okay, so you could ask, well, what are they related to? So I, I brought an, an anecdote that I kind of like because it brings a smile to my face. Um, here on, the, on this graph, the x-axis is dates. The blue line is activity on Fiverr, um, on the Fiverr marketplace, more uh, zoomed in. And the gray bars are incidents that are quite that are correlated. Now, this is clearly just a correlation; uh, no inference of causality is trying to, is is attempted. But it, it looks like, and it turns out, there is a significant correlation between the blue line and the gray bars. And you'd say, you might say, what are these gray bars that seem to be related somehow to traffic or activity on fiber? And uh, these are tr- these are Trump tweets. So when Donald Trump tweets, um, and, and when the bars are high, there have been many tweets on that day. Um, the world apparently listens and and um, and maybe panics. So uh, this is just one example. In general, you could you could relate this to uh, media posts more broadly, and you would see that while there's no relation to infection rates or to mortality rates, there's definitely relation to media coverage. And so the panic we see on this particular marketplace is seems to be related to uh, media posts.
1: Oh, but finally, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask, um, in your opinion, do you think that... Um, more because of the information that's coming in or more just because there, there was a reminder of what everyone's living through or that, that it's an updating situation?
0: Yeah, so, so you know, this, what what's, uh, Uma is asking is an empirical question which <laughs> I, have not, I have not tested, but suffice it to say that these, these tweets here that are represented probably don't present a lot of informative content rather than uh, opinion. And so I would probably, uh, my, my hypothesis that I would test is that it is the prevalence of, of scary uh, media or, or information rather than the information itself.
1: And if I may um, follow up with a question from the audience since I've already interrupted you, um, there was a question related to whether these, this relationship seems stronger in March than it might be in February.
0: Yeah, it's, it, certainly, it certainly is, um, but, but th- that's confounded with the situation in March beginning to be more dire and, and more people paying attention and more people. And this, remember, this is global data. So uh, more people around the globe um, were facing this pandemic as time unfolded. That could be the reason why there'd be a stronger relation. But again, this is a correlation. We're not trying to make any more than that. The final evidence for for panic um, is maybe this graph. So this graph is the number of searches for COVID-19 conducted on the Fiverr platform. And to my best ability to find, uh, the marketplace on Fiverr does not offer any service related to COVID-19. These are people who out of panic, instead of searching on Google, the search of COVID-19 on Fiverr. Um, And you can see that as as March unfolds, particularly around March 10th, um, the the level of the number of searches, just people who search COVID-19, even on a website that is not related to COVID-19 is is probably representative of some degree of panic. Now, um, moving away from panic, the next step is survival, is self-preservation. And what is interesting in the research on um, on tragedies and, and terror attacks is that people seem to uh, to find solace in sociality. So think about this pandemic; it changes and threatens people's world worldview and world image. People feel a lack of control, and, and what they do is they try to find um, strength in community, strength in others, and so the the evidence from terror attacks was that people become more pro-social right after uh, being exposed to to something terrible. And so uh, the simple question is, could we find evidence of sociality, of pro-sociality, on a a mostly business-to-business marketplace for digital services? And the answer is very much so. So what I did here is I took all the messages that users send each other through the platform, where normally these are messages about, hey, I want my voice over this way, or here is your logo that I designed for you, or um, can you um, edit my manuscript in this particular way? Um, and so you can take a message and using uh, natural language processing these days, come up with a score for the sentiment of the message. Is it positive, is it negative, is it neutral? So the y-axis here um, is actually the only one that that's meaningful um, by units in this uh, presentation. And that is zero would be neutral, minus one would be negative, and plus one would be positive. And as you can see in February and March, that there is a scatter of, of sentiment, but by and large, the average is slightly but but not immensely positive, which you would expect from normal business transactions. But look at what happens in March. In March, all the messages, and there are more messages, as you can see by the shrinking gray area, which is the confidence interval, um, all the messages um, seem to be to become more positive and more positive as time unfolds. And that is um, direct evidence that people are kinder, nicer to each other, even on a business-to-business platform where they're conducting transactions relating to their business or, or leisure interests.
1: Could you give an example of one of those positive sentiments?
0: Um, so a message could be, one of the messages we saw that sort of triggered this because it was sort of weird is, I hope everybody in your country is, is doing well that's a positive sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for doing a great job for me, especially given the situation in your country for, for a, uh, freelancer in Italy. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, these kind of, of pro social positive messages, um, have increased dramatically on the, on the mark in the marketplace, in um, in a, in a Kind of unprecedented way the what i'm showing for february and and, um january is the normal level that you see throughout the year
1: um based on a question from orly lobel do you think that these are based on kindness or optimism
0: so this particular algorithm for sentiment analysis um, does not detect optimism differently than kindness and so we can't tell anecdotally it seems to be kindness but, um, but we'd have to have a much more detailed analysis to be able to separate the two. Um, and the final stage, I want to leave, leave enough time for questions, the final stage is adaptation. Are people adapting to a new norm, a new normal, that we seem to be hearing a lot about? And so I'm going to show two pieces of evidence for this. One is, as you can see, this is a zoom in to that drop I've, I've shown you in the blue line before, now it's the blue bars. Um, and so you can see that the, the two weeks of panic are clearly visible here. And as you can see, after that, people are are back to their usual, back to their normal, uh, and, and even more so. Um, what is interesting here is the black line. The black line is new sellers that have joined the platform. And these are anecdotally very quality, high-quality sellers. And as you can see, they begin earlier. So So sellers now realize that it's much harder to meet people at starbucks and contract a job um if i'm a designer um, and i'm or a a freelancer for something else they they turn to online uh as their as their new norm to conduct transactions 80 percent of those in the black line have never transacted on the internet before you know uh, kind of based on the survey that, that we conducted with that population and so People are adapting, they're changing how they do their business um, it, it, to ways in which, um, um, ways which are not susceptible to the difficulties of social distancing and, and dealing with the pandemic. So that's evidence number one. Second piece of evidence is, uh, has to do with, uh, with how people behave. I don't know about your experience, but through all these Zoom meetings, um, someone eventually asks, what, what day is it today? because when we lost our our, our normal schedule, it's a lot harder to keep track. Um, But what I'm showing you here is that normally, if you look at um, transactions and business done during weekdays, which would be 100% on this graph, transactions and business done over weekend tends to be less. The the amount tends to be lower. And, And in general, traditionally it has been about 63% of the amount of of business done on weekdays is done on weekends, on average per day. And what I'm showing you here is is that has not changed between February 2019 and February 2020. But, um, and and also February and March 2019 um, are, are the same. But this year, something different happened. A lot more people are transacting and doing their business on weekends. And that is definitely a sign of adaptation where I have less opportunities to do work, I have more time on my hands, more free time. Um, Anecdotally, a lot more people realize that they have a lot of videos that they would like edited for something. Maybe it's their family videos or something else. And so the the amount of, of, of business done over the weekend days, has grown dramatically, and that is a, another sign that people have changed, of kind of their their normal behavior. Um, and for those transactions to happen, there are freelancer freelancers out there fulfilling those needs. And so th- that uh, shift in the in the day pattern is an interesting change, an interesting sign of adapting to this new situation uh, during the pandemic. I will yeah i will end I will end my my kind of examples here. There are a lot more examples they didn't get to show you. Uh, but given this time, we'd like to have um, an opportunity to for questions and 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 further elaboration whenever needed.
1: So along those lines, there uh, there were several questions that came in related to panic. so I want to get to those in a minute. but uh, so a follow up to the the very last slide, if you could go back one slide. Um, you know, you, you, you showed us these amazing changes in, in activity and Daniel Reed asked whether there were changes in the average prices or rates compared to historical averages that might also be distinct or new given these, these differences.
0: Yeah, so um, without, without um, revealing um, um, actual prices or anything like that, I could tell you that um, th- there's a lot of new traffic coming in. Um, and um, there are some signs that that, that when they first um, transact, um, they they try things out, and so they might transact slightly lower than, um, than than the average in the marketplace in their first transaction, but then their second and third uh, jump right up and, and and transact even higher than uh, the normally, and so uh, th- we see kind of an uh, evidence that that people are kind of trying. To see if if this is if this is indeed going to work for them, remember that self-preservation aspect. And and as they uh, receive good results, they adapt, and 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 then you don't see major differences in um, in subsequent behavior. Um, I hope that answers the question.
1: Great, thank you. So I'd also like to say that Own has uh, generously offered his, his email address because uh, you've been. Similarly generous with your questions, and I'm going to hope that I can get to as many of them as I can. So I'll also try and bundle some of them. Um, again, more related to those last couple of comments, and then I'll go back to the ones related to panic. Uh, so it seems like the the you know there's this adjustment in, in activity, the change in prices. Um, did sort of combining that with optimism, uh, Shani, I believe it's Ankorian, and asked whether trust grew between people in Fiverr, like between customers and the service. Uh, service providers compared to whether there was any evidence for that increase in addition to positive sentiments
0: yeah so um it's it's sort of what's very interesting is that the, this onflow of new um, providers and new freelancers is is um on average very high quality, and so the the average uh quality that that the buyers would see if they come in also goes up and so it's very hard to separate that Mm -hmm. from uh from uh, kind of a a more general sense of trust Mm -hmm. um uh, there are a lot of positive indicators that would indicate that the trust levels have gone up it's just very hard to pinpoint exactly the source of that increase that's
1: understandable so as I mentioned, a number of questions have been came in in the beginning and have been coming in related to the you know how to interpret panic or the the signals of panic. So for example, um, do you know you you noted Trump as a as an illustrative example? Um, do you think you would get the same kind of reaction from when um, I, I believe the Dr. fauci, I believe his name is pronounced would speak, or when he and, and Trump were in conflict, as Peter Gorovich asked
0: yeah so again that, that's an empirical question and um, and it's and it's testable if you actually have all those um, instances in the data, uh, we could definitely look at a correlation um, what we saw is that the um, Drop in activity seem to be correlated with um, the volume of uh, of media engaged and so a, a hypothesis you could draw is that it's it's the sheer volume of media focused solely on this that that fuels panic
1: yeah so from multiple sources um a couple of questions related to the the general scope of of these stages and i assume the boundaries on them are quite blurry anyway despite the the progression that you've shown So a very specific question from Matthew Hoffman. Uh, Could the Fiverr search search spike for COVID that you showed early on be from people who went through those four stages quickly and then are already adapting by looking at how the market reacts, sort of getting their own data from Fiverr itself?
0: Yeah, so um, it it could. And we know that there are are vast individual differences in how people cope. We know that um, there are some that, that never really adapt um, and there are some who don't move past denial. Uh, even in this dire uh, world situation, we can see evidence for that. Uh, it's, it's a little hard to think that people are doing research on COVID-19 in fiber because uh, it, it's, it's sort of the wrong place to do research for it. So uh, I still interpret that as, as sort of a, a mistake. The cause of that mistake is kind of... Uh, anybody's guess that's why I said it's consistent with panic but it could mean lots of different things
1: so I should note that we are just about at twelve thirty we did start a couple minutes late um I'd like to follow up with one question but I understand that some of our guests would have to uh, take off for other zoom meetings or activities um can we you know we can if there's additional time for us, we can go back to some of the additional questions. But uh, in terms of the the future, are corporations using these types of freelance platforms? Is the the is the use of the platform in general and its its relevance potentially increasing in the new situations? And what even more broadly, do you have specific predictions or things that that you think that this can help us think about the future?
0: Yeah. So so. Um, I think that every company is trying to assess um, how permanent and stable the changes that they see are, um, and that that is a that is an interesting challenge. Um, what is definitely true, and we see this with um, lots of um, remote services, be it uh, groceries brought to your home, uh, or um, prescription drugs brought to your home, or digital services that you could do or you could contract remotely. Um, there's definitely a, a significant subset of the market that says, "Oh wow, you know, I actually realize that there's value here." And there are there's a there's a paper by uh, by Todd Rogers and colleagues that that, that uh, identifies different state different uh, characteristics that could um, lead to persistence in behavior, and one of them is realizing that there's actually value that you haven't uh, anticipated before. And one of the things we're seeing uh, in the case of of a marketplace like Fiverr is that companies are realizing that there's stability in in the uh, remote online global nature of of a marketplace like this, where even if one country got got hit pretty badly to disrupt normal operations, other countries that are represented might not have. And so getting access to uh, remotely to a global marketplace offers a lot of stability. And so uh, we see that there are companies that, that hang on to that in this uncertain world and say, at least I know I can get my so-and-so done uh, without uh, worries in, in, in the time I need it. Uh, And so uh, there's definitely evidence that, that some of the shifts we're seeing are, are, are going to persist.
1: And in fact, some of the statements you made reflect some of the questions and and suggestions that had come in. uh, Lev Karbanian was asking whether this might be, you know, some of these dynamics might be related to unemployment changes more broadly or, um, you know, different changes in employment or different relationships between companies and their employees.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I, I think that, you know, we, we our, our time is limited, but, but just to th- throw things out there, um, there is definitely a realization that things could be done remotely, that uh, that that uh, many people did not have before, um, and so uh, to the same to the same uh, degree, um, if you realize that you could get some of your business needs done remotely, without needing to go to a coffee shop to meet a freelancer, that realization is going to stay. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and, and as the data I've shown, a lot of the freelancers, quality freelancers that have not needed to find customers uh, online before are now doing that. And, and they're going to realize this is a, a, a viable, fruitful channel, mm-hmm. or at least some of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no reason they would stop that uh, because they benefit from it. So so as as you and I
1: have discussed in the past, one of the challenges with applying these models is that in many cases, like the five stages of grief, there's an event that you can't reverse. And we have this tension between everyone wanting to go back and then adaptation to a new normal.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so um, that's what companies need to be doing right now. Uh, They need to be figuring out how much of the changes they're seeing uh, they, they expect to persist and how many would revert given more freedom to travel and things like that.
1: Well, I think that offers us a good stopping point. Thanks again to those with us, who stayed with us for those extra minutes and, and uh, for joining us during this conversation. Thank you, Own, for this incredibly fascinating piece of work relating the business world to uh, these models and back and forth. And and thank you, Uma, I, for
0: taking the time to, to moderate so well.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. It was easy with you guys. Do well, everyone. Thanks again.